0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. And Some cell phones, the way they work, they work differently. Um, when somebody calls you, you can uh, hit decline right? How many of you guys decline my phone calls when I call you? Right? Anthony raises his hand. And then also um, there's even a, a cool feature where um, on some phones if you make a, a phone c- or you're um, receiving a phone call, you can actually send like a text message instead of, you know, just declining the call. Um, also you can even um, on this new uh, feature, you can even block the person from even calling you at all, so that's a pretty cool one, huh and so you know what um we're gonna be in the book of Jonah and with Jonah if you guys would turn to um, it's in the Old Testament and it's towards you're right like if you're going into the New Testament it's one of uh, the minor prophets and one thing about Jonah is that Jonah had a calling in his life. God was calling him. Uh, he didn't have a cell phone at that time, you know. And uh, even sometimes, uh, I, I believe that God is even calling uh, some of you uh, today. And maybe um, as God's calling you, you're hitting that decline button. And so the title of the study is, uh, Don't Decline God's Call. Everybody there with, at Jonah? Jonah? If you need help, ask your neighbor next to you. And so just a, a quick background on the book of Jonah. It was written in the 8th century, somewhere around 826 B.C. Uh, most people believe that the author of the book is Jonah himself, but we're not quite, you know, sure. Um, Jonah was from a place called Gath Hefer, and he lived in the reign of Jeroboam II, and we learn about that in Second Kings uh, 1425 the Assyrian empire uh, began to rise in world power about the same time uh, the nation started to divide and eventually Assyria uh, con- conquered the northern uh, part of, um, of the nation and these Assyrians uh, just to give you a quick background on them they were like you know the terminology when somebody says they're 5150 you know they're is that a penal code or something like that right? And so that means they were just out there. They were crazy. They were really crazy. To the point when um, they were very violent. And when they would go into cities, they wouldn't just beat you up. They would cut your tongue out. They would chop off your head. They would stack up heads in different cities. I mean, these guys were crazy. A 51-50, right? And so the, um, Assyria... Again, like I said, was taking over um, the northern part of the kingdom, and Jonah didn't like didn't like them. I mean, would you like if they were cutting off your people's heads and cutting off you know the tongues of of your people? And so Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and so this is where God had told Nineveh to go. It's easy to go to a place where um, God calls you. It's easy to go to a place where you want to go. Like if God called me and said, hey, Ray, I want you to go to Disneyland. Like for me, I have no problem uh, going to Disneyland, even though the lines are long and it's kind of expensive. But I I have no problem uh, doing that. But then even, you know, to do something like go to uh, Mexico or even go to Cambodia, even then, you know, it could be a little um, uh, timid. It could be like a little um, scary. But then to go to a place or to reach out to people who don't like you, to people um, that you really, in in your heart, you can say, I hate. And that's what Jonah um, was pretty much, that's the way he felt. When we think of um, Jonah, what, what do we think of right away? Somebody say it. Shamu, right? Everybody thinks about Shamu, the whale, even though that he's only mentioned, you know, four times. The fish is only mentioned four times. Um, Even the great city of Nineveh is mentioned um, nine times. Even uh, Jonah is only mentioned 18 times. But the whole story of Jonah is about God's love and his grace and his mercy towards people. Not only uh, his servant, but then Nineveh, we had a, we just had a little quick background as far as how Nineveh was, and yet God would reach out to them. It's amazing. It's amazing when you think of, about God's love and his grace, that he would do something like that. But Jonah, he was rejecting the call. So what we'll do is uh, we'll read a couple of verses, and um, let's pray real quick. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would... Uh, Have your hands upon this study, Lord. I thank you for uh, this opportunity. I ask that you would speak, um, speak to us and help us to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It says right here in the book of Jonah, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, I think that's how you pronounce his name, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarsus um, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah hears the calling. You remember the analogy of the cell phone? Somebody's calling. And right away he hit decline. He didn't even hit the button that leaves the message. Hey, I'll call you back. You know, he just hit decline right away and what's interesting about um, Jonah the kind of what I was tripping out on was he actually paid to run away from God you know that that's pretty interesting that he actually he paid from his own you know money to run away from God notice what um, God says about Nineveh he calls it a great city Nineveh was um, a a huge uh, area Um, Later on in Jonah, it says it was a three days journey. And so I think it even, um, in in the book of Jonah, says 120,000 people were there. So it was this big uh, place that Jonah was to to go to. But instead, he went the opposite way. So some of you guys might have maps in the back of your Bibles. Um, In those maps, you'll see uh, Tarshish, which was considered like the end of the, the world. That was like going west. Nineveh was going east, so literally he just went the other way from the calling. And maybe today you sense God calling you, and you're kind of like Jonah. You're putting, you know, different things in front of the calling. You're saying, hey, you know what, I got to go do this, I got to do that. But God brought you here today, and there's a calling in your life, and you sense it. And even right now, your heart's probably beating fast, and you're just like, wow, you know, there's a calling in my life. And yes, there is a calling in your life. I remember. Um, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but Manny was talking about how um, his pastor used to tell, um, tell him, there's a calling in your life, there's a calling in your life. And now Manny is telling, you know, passes the baton and tells us there's a calling in, in our lives. And God is really um, calling us to serve him. And so right here, you know, there's a calling in, in Jonah's life to go and um, reach out to the city of Nineveh, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to because, you know, the things that they would do to his people. And so we read right here that he goes to Tarsus. What do you guys think about when you hear that city? Paul, somebody said Paul, Saul, right? Some believe that it might be uh, part of Spain or part of um, England. Um, we don't know, but that was a place that uh, he was trying to go to. How about Joppa? Do you guys remember Joppa in the book of Acts? That's where Peter was getting a tan at Simon the Tanner's house, right? I'm just playing. I don't know if he was getting a tan right there, but that's where he got a vision, right? To uh, reach out to um, not only the Jews, but the Gentiles too. And so we read right here in verse 4 But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. Notice that. But the Lord. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners uh, were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. And threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load up. So now we see Jonah's run away from God. He's willingly paid the money to go and run away from God. Now he's in this boat. If you notice, the G was lowercase, right? So now, you know, he's hanging around with a whole bunch of non-believers in a place he doesn't belong. And they're crying out to their God. And so we see right here in verse, um, if we continue in verse 5, it says, But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and laying down and was fast asleep. How many of you like to sleep? Sleep is good. I like to sleep, but I mean it could be bad, right? If you sleep too much, eventually you gotta get up. But with with, with Jonah, he was. It seemed like he just got in the, the the ship and almost like ran all the way down and just said, "All right, I'm gonna take a nap," right? So the captain came to him and said to him, "What do you mean, sleeper? Arise! Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish." So they're trying to get all their gods together. Maybe, you know, if we call on this god and that god and your god, maybe something will happen. I wonder how Jonah was feeling at this point. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us. So... I mean, it's almost like if you could picture it in a movie, there's the storm that's going on, you know, winds, thunder, lightning, the boat's almost broken, or it's, you know, and um, they're trying to wake him up. What are you doing? Get up, you know, let's pray. So then they're right there, they cast the lots, and then it's almost like they're shaking him. Tell us, tell us, you know. And then it goes on, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? What do you do for a living? And where do you come from? They weren't hitting him up either. Like what gang he was from? They were just asking him what city he was from. What 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 is your country? And who are your people? What are what are the people are what people are you? So he said to them, "I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land." Now, what was interesting about Jonah? The way he described um, God, he described him. Um, in detail. Nowadays, we could walk anywhere and somebody can say, yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God. Sure. Yeah, I worship God. But then when the rubber meets the road and you say the name of Jesus and you kind of break down who God is, then you see that um, a lot of times it's not the same God. And so right here, Jonah's telling them which God he serves. He serves the Creator, he, his God is the one who created the universe, created everything. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? Almost like it's your fault, right? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So now Jonah, you know, I mean, I'm trying to picture it in my head. The storms going on, the, the boats, you know, almost breaking. He's sleeping. He's starting to explain. And as he's explaining, you know, the wind and, and everything is still going on. And verse 11, it says, Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that, they, that the sea may calm for us? For the sea was growing more temptuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea, will, the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And so now Jonah... Is, it, it almost seems like Jonah's like, pretty much, kill me, right? Because I don't think Jonah knew that Shamu was going to come out and swallow him, right? I don't think he, he, he knew that. And so he's pretty much at, at the point where he's like, you know what, just, just kill me, get rid of me, because it's my fault. It's my fault. And sometimes, you know, there's things that are, are going in our lives because of decisions that we've made, consequences... And what's cool is that God forgives us, but then there's also the consequences to the forgiven sin, right? And so with him, is, uh, he's at the point in his life where he's like, you know what, just throw me over. Just get rid of me. Nevertheless, in verse 13, it says, the men uh, rode hard to return to land, but they cannot, for the fear, I'm sorry, for the sea continued to grow more temptuous against them. So it's almost like they looked at him like, throw you over forget this sleeper, you know, let's just keep rowing the boat, right? So that's pretty much what they did, but they couldn't, because why? The sea, I mean, the the storm was from God. God sent the storm. It says in verse 14, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased to you. So they picked up Jonah, and they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. It's almost like, Lord, forgive me for, I'm about to throw this guy over the sea. He's crazy. He said, to do it, forgive me. I'm going to toss him over. So they tossed him over, right? And so in verse 16, it says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and took vows. Now, one guy was saying that, you know, we're not too sure if, you know, these guys... If it was a, a, legitimate, a legitimate worship, you know, to God, it might have, they might have just thrown, you know, the God of the Hebrews into the mixing pot with the rest of their gods, right? And so we see right here that God was calling Jonah, and Jonah hit the decline button. In verse 17, we get to an interesting part. You know, a lot of people uh, ridicule the Bible, they question the Bible, and questions are good. You know, when it comes to the Bible, we should be learning. I know Manny encourage us to always um, be learning and to, to study and to look up things uh, on our own. And uh, my cousin, I went to go visit her, and she was telling me an, another cousin of mine went over to visit her. And she was saying, you know, she had some questions about the Bible. When it came to the story of Jonah, she was like, are you serious? You know, a, a fish ate somebody and they survived or they lived come on like just use your head and so i started you know uh, looking it up and looking at different things as far as when it comes to to whales because right away we think of whales we don't know if it was a whale we don't know if it was you know um someone asked me do you think it was an orca whale you know do you guys know shamu would be considered a, a a orca whale but he's not even a whale he's a dolphin or the orcas, I should say, not <laughs> Shamu, but orcas are, um, are dolphins. And so when I started looking things up, um, the blue whale, uh, they, they found um, fish the size of human beings inside the throat or the stomach of um, the blue whale, the sperm whale, also um, the shark whale. So is it possible for a human being to go into, um, inside a, a, a whale's mouth of course. I mean they're huge. Have you have you seen them? I can you know I was telling my wife um, I want to see an orca up close. Like I've seen it, you know, when they're in jail at SeaWorld, but I've never seen it, you know, free in the wild and and I would love to be able to see an orca whale like live. I've even touched one at SeaWorld. They're kind of rubbery. Uh the way they feel. But this is probably um one of the most uh um, stories in the Bible that has been um, ridiculed or looked down upon, or almost like fantasy, almost like um, like a Walt Disney movie or something, you know. And so right here it goes on, and it says that now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Now I looked up that word belly, and it literal, literally means you know his, the stomach, the stomach of the of the fish for three days and three nights, and so. Um, I also learned or, you know, looked it up that three days and three nights doesn't necessarily mean a full three days and three nights when it comes to the Hebrew language. It could be um, during, you know, half of the first day or, you know, in the beginning of the the third day. So um, in the English language, that's the way it's um, written out. But in the Hebrew, that's what it can mean. It doesn't actually mean a full um, three days, but the Jews would consider it a full three days. And so Jonah's there in um, the belly of the whale. Now, I was looking up, and some scientists were saying that the throat of a whale is um, too narrow um, for a human being to, you know, pass through. But um, like I was sharing with you, that I looked up that the blue whale and the sperm whale and the shark whale um, would actually be able to hold um, a human in their mouth. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting because, like I said, in, in... in the text it says the belly right so it was he was actually um in the stomach so then i started just looking up i mean you guys can uh, on google you just type in can i survive in a whale or something or can i survive in a fish and all, jonah pops up right away right away you can go on youtube i even saw this this video on youtube and it's pretty cool they have like this. Um, it's a blue whale, and blue whales. You guys remember Finding Nemo? When uh, that blue whales right there, and all the quail are running, and um, Dory says, "You know, don't worry about it. Um, whales don't um, eat fish to eat quail." And then all the quail started going, "Swim away, swim away!" Right? So then there's that blue whale, and he start. He opens up his mouth. There's a picture on. I mean, a video on YouTube where that that scene's going on and there's a snorkeler just swimming and you could just see like that mouth's open and if he doesn't get out of the way he's going to be like a uh, dory and uh what was the dad's name Marlin, the clownfish right he wasn't funny but he was a clownfish but um so we see that um as i was searching as i kept searching and looking there was a couple of stories from like the 1600s to the 1800s of a guy, two guys actually. Um, one, they found in the whale, in the belly of the whale, but he was he was dead. There was another guy they found in there, and um, he was unconscious. But they said that on both uh, incidents, the skins of, of, of these people, it was dyed like white, really white, pale. They almost looked like deformed because of the acid of... You know, the digestive system, right? And so, um, this is just my thought on it. I could be totally wrong. Um, it's just my thought. If you guys remember in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, right? Do you remember when um, the Pharisees, I believe, they were looking for a sign when it came to Jesus? And Jesus, which is, uh, I would say, a, a great resource to look to when it comes to um, the Bible, right? I mean, he wrote it, right? And so um, he says in, in Matthew twelve thirty eight. it says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adul- adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. So again, this isn't dogmatic. It's just a, a thought. I'm thinking, because we're going to read, you know, Jonah's eventually going to get barfed out by the the fish, right? So I'm thinking, man, I wonder if Jonah's skin was all crazy looking and he came out looking like a zombie or something, right? And so that's why Jesus is like, he's a sign, you know, he was a sign to them because we're going to even see his message to to the Ninevites wasn't even a long one. It was just like, well, 40 days, you know, you're going to have judgment and that's it. And then it says the whole nation, you know, got saved. So if you were on the beach, Santa Monica Beach, right? How many of you guys have been to Santa Monica Beach? You see a fish spit out some dude, and he looks like a zombie. You would tell everybody, right? Right? So again, it's just a thought. I'm not saying that that's what happened. He could have, if God can speak the universe into existence, then he could have... covered Jonah in that valley, right? And he could have came out looking all normal and maybe even clean. Who knows, right? And so it says right here in verse, I mean in chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from the fish's valley. Man, talk about a prayer meeting in there, huh? <laughs> and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the valley of shale, uh, shale, right? I cried and you heard my voice. And so that shale word means like, you know, Hades. And um, it says in verse 3, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounding me. All of your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to uh, the moorings of the mountains, the earth with um, its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up, um, brought me up, my life from the pit. O Lord, my God. And so interesting, Jonah was very well known when it came to the scriptures. This guy knew his Bible because if you even look on your cross references on some of your Bibles, he's quoting from the Psalms. Notice he even says, um, I looked towards your temple. Solomon had talked about that um, after the temple was built, about looking towards the temple when they prayed. In verse 7, it says, when my, when my soul was fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you um, with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And so... Um, Jonah now is in um, The valley of the whale He doesn't know If he's even dead or alive Right And so I'm pretty sure He could have thought he was dead Because I'm sure it stunk Inside the whale I'm sure it was hot And muggy Inside I keep saying the whale The fish Right The fish Not the whale and so we see right here, he he cries out, he remembers the word of the Lord. And I don't know if you guys have been there where you've, um, maybe some of you are currently there, maybe you have been there, but when you've, you know, know that God, you knew or know that God's calling you, and you go the other way, but then his word is just constantly in your mind, and reminding you, and reminding you. That's what was going on with Jonah. Another view about it too is, Um, whenever we're in a circumstance and something's going on, even sometimes the non-believers, I mean, like we read earlier, they started praying and crying out to God. So Jonah was at this point in his life where he knew what he was doing, so his eyes were wide open. He knew that he was running away from God. He knew that he uh, declined the call. He knew that the storm was from him, from God. He knew that uh, the fish was from God after he got swallowed by it. And man, I wonder if he was even thinking, "If, if am I even going to, you know, this is this the way I'm going to die? If he even considered that he was still alive. Now it says, so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now I was doing some research again on um, different mammals and, and whales. And it said that uh, if... Um, if the animal or somebody is alive inside um, the whale's mouth, eventually it's going to spit it out. So I thought that was pretty interesting, right? And so, But we do know that um, there are those scientific things that, that um, people research and, and they look up and it's cool, but obviously this is a miracle from God. It's definitely a, a miracle. And um, I remember we were out on the streets and somebody was asking me, How do you know that God exists? You know, have you ever seen him? Have you ever seen God? You know, I I can see you. I know you exist. And I said, well, you know, in Jesus we see God. And then they were like, well, um, well, what about the stories in the Bible? How do you know those are true? And I said, well, uh, Jesus talked about it. And so if Jesus talked about Jonah um, being in the belly of the whale, and he even used Jonah um, being in the valley of the whale like his um, being hung on the cross and uh, dying on the cross and three days later rising up again. He used Jonah as a, an analogy. And so if, if Jesus believed that Jonah um, lived, then I'm going to believe Jesus rather than anybody else, right? And I told the person, I said, well, if... If the things in the Bible aren't true, like you're saying, then I have nothing to worry about, even if I hold on to the hope that of what I believe. But then if you're wrong, then you have something to worry about. Right? And so we see right here now the, the Lord has spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I thought it was interesting too that the, the fish was obedient, you know, and Jonah was the prophet but the fish was more obedient than Jonah. Now, this is where it gets interesting because maybe there's some of you out there who might be like, you know what? I I have declined God's call in my life. I have, um, God can't use my life. What's cool is that the God of the Bible is the God of thousands of opportunities to get right with him, right? That's who he is. Now that doesn't mean, you know, um, to continue and, or, or give you like a license to say, hey, well, you know, I could go ahead and live my life this way and then, you know, I'm going to have that opportunity because you never know when, you know, time is up. It's never too late until it's too late, right? And so right here we see, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. So from when Jonah walked away from the Lord, if you notice, according to the text, he didn't hear from God, right? He didn't hear from him, but God was using things around him to call him back, and maybe God's using things around you, maybe even right now, this study, maybe you know um you know the uh, the creation you know you look and you're and, and God's using that you know to draw you maybe it was uh, somebody on the street who's sharing the gospel with you, maybe it's that worship song, maybe um It's that that Bible study on the radio. Whatever it might be, um, God's calling you. And the amazing grace of God is that he called Jonah again. Now, I guess the the way we are is we're kind of like, or maybe I shouldn't say we, maybe I'm the only one who's like this. But, you know, somebody does um, something wrong to us, maybe we can hold a grudge, right? But that's not the way God is. And Jonah knew that God wasn't that way. So much he knew that, that he would run away from the calling of God because he didn't want the Ninevites to be saved. He wanted to see them destroyed. But now right here it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah in chapter 3, the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was um, exceedingly, I'm sorry, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, exceedingly great city, a three days journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city uh, on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So that was his whole Bible study. That's a short Bible study, right? And so, uh, some people believe that the fish might have brought him back to um, Joppa. We really don't know. Some believe that it was right there, you know, uh, close to the shore, and then he walked, you know, over to Nineveh. Different views. Um, I don't know. All I know is that he was spit out, right? He was thrown up. But yet, I mean, and then right here, his, his study was, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And so 40 days usually means judgment. That's like a number of judgment when it comes to the Bible. And so he's just saying, 40 days, you guys are going to be judged and, and you're done. Again, in my head, I could be wrong, but in my head, I see him looking like a sea monster, you know, all pale, walking up. Um, he talked about he had the weed over his head, right? The seaweed. And then, um, it goes on in verse 5. It says, So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put the sackcloth on from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and, um and sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king, and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. He was even, man, even the animals got to repent, right? But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we uh, may not perish? So, Jonah goes to this place, and that's all he says. That's all he, t- he tells them. Again, that's why I believe, um, or I think anyway, that that's, Jonah looked like a sea monster, because they saw him, and they were probably like, man, I don't want that to happen to me, or look at this guy, you know? And then in verse 10, it says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster, that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. That's who God is. A lot of people have misconceptions on who God is. When you talk to different people on the streets, a lot of times they think that God's going to hit them with a hammer or sock them or, you know, just, uh, you know, ready to, to beat them up. But kind of like how we did our our, our background on who the Assyrians were and um, who the Ninevites were, these were people who deserved judgment, right? Just like us. We deserve judgment. But it's through God's grace and His love and His compassion. Because he even, um, in, in chapter 4, uh, Jonah even um, expresses or explains the way God is. He's compassionate. Maybe there's somebody out there that you you really dislike and God's telling you, I want you to pray for your enemy. And I want you to love them. And I want you to um, share the gospel. And you're saying no, or you're declining, you know, you're declining that, that phone call. Or maybe even you're like the Ninevite. And you're cutting people's heads off and stuff, right? And just, you know, whiling out. And God is reaching out and, and saying to you, I, I love you. And if you come to me, I'll forgive you. And that's the good news. That's the amazing grace of God. Again, not a license to sin, not to go and say, hey, well, I'm going to go and do my own thing and God's going to forgive me because you might be at the beach and a fish might swallow you, right? You never know. So it goes on and says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So now he's just, he's mad. He's mad that, you know, God's forgiving them while that he sees the king and all the people you know, getting saved. Imagine that. Imagine you're sitting there at the Harvest Crusade and you're all mad. I can't believe all these guys are getting saved, you know? They went up and they went forward and they're giving their life to Jesus. And you're a, a Christian. It's almost like, why, why would that be? But Jonah had this, this um, he had his, I guess, his politics and his, or his patriotic, you know, um, view over his theology. And so, instead of being loving towards um, the people, he was more about, what about my people and, and what they're going through? So it says, but it, dis, it, displeased, it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord. Man, praying to the Lord angry? Man, have, how many of you prayed? No, I'm just playing. I shouldn't yeah. I'm trying to think. Have I been angry and I prayed? It's almost like how, I guess you ask God to help, right? Help me not to be angry. Forgive me for being angry. But he's angry, it says right here. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this, uh, is not, I'm sorry, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? So now he's questioning God. Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant and loving kindness, um, one who relents from doing harm. I remember one guy, he was saying, sometimes when we read the Bible, we're like, um, God, um, you know, how does this pertain, pertain to my life? Or show me something, you know, about, my, about myself, or, or what should I do? And, and that's definitely good. And he, he did, he encouraged, um, I remember he was encouraging, how about asking God, show me who you are? You know, show me who you are uh, through your word. Because the only way we're going to know who God is, is if we spend time with him. And if we get into the Bible and learn for ourselves who he is. Because we could come into the Bible study over and over and over and sit and sit, which is good. But then if we don't spend time uh, with somebody, like it's just like, say, I just saw my wife here. On Sundays and Thursdays, right? And then after I left, and you know, she stood here, and I just went somewhere else. Then our relationship with one another wouldn't grow, right? And so the same thing is kind of like with God. If we're not reading the Bible on our own and just you know reading it and just going through it, um, we we won't grow and know who He is. And I think that's why a lot of people have the misconception on who God is because. Um, they never met him, or um, for those who acknowledge that they need of, they're they in the need of him, they don't spend time with him. And so right here, um, pretty much Jonah, he's angry, he's praying, and then he tells God, that's why I left, because I knew you were going to let these people um, have an opportunity to give their lives to you. I knew that. Aren't you glad that God's like that? Aren't you glad um, that God is so personal like that? That he would meet you um, where you are? That he met you where you were? I know I'm thankful. I know sometimes a lot of people say, and I'm guilty of this too, man, I hope the Lord comes right now. Man, I can't wait, you know. This past week, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but my allergies were killing me. They were bad. I think allergies are demonic, and um, I'm just playing (laughs) But they were really, really bad. And um, why did I bring up allergies? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I lost my track of thought. Trials. Okay. So I lost my track of thought. So, oh yeah, thank you. (laughs) Because the the Lord's going to return, right? So. I, I was thinking, okay, well, I want the Lord to return because I got these allergies and, you know, all this is going on, whatever it might be, right? But then I thought, you know, what if the Lord would have came 10 years ago? You know, for me, I, it's, it's only been 10 years for me. I wouldn't have, I probably would have got left behind, right? Or, you know, you guys can put yourselves, maybe it was, tw- what if, you know, the Lord would have came 20 years ago or 30 years ago? You know, whatever it might have, you know, um, the time would have been. We would have been left behind, but thank God that... um his heart is that none would perish, but that all would come uh, to everlasting life, right? And so we won't finish the rest of the book. I encourage you guys to, to finish it because it's not that long. You could probably finish it in 10 minutes, uh, maybe 15 minutes, depending how fast you read. But definitely uh, Jonah was a real person. He, um, he did get swallowed by a fish. And the main thing that we learn through this um book is not about the fish or Jonah or the great city, but on who God is. And I, I really believe that God is calling you. Um you could you could put yourself in the place, are you the Ninevite? Are you the one who's um walling out? Are you Jonah? You know, walking with God and now you've turned and and, and went west instead of east because God loves you he has a plan for your life he wants to use your life and then maybe you know there's some people that God's telling you to go and reach out to maybe it's that person you can't stand pray for them you know I know a lot of times um, we could get on each other's nerves I probably got on your guys' nerves you know once or twice but Pray for those people because God loves those people that maybe you're you're having friction with just as much as he loves you. And that's amazing. That's that's amazing grace, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just lift this time to you thanking you for your word, thanking you for your compassion, for your grace, for your mercy.